Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, the Affordable Care Act's impact on Minnesotans with mental illness, tips for staying safe this Thanksgiving and holiday season from the State Deputy Fire Marshal, and a closer look at how the Timberwolves fared with this year's 2020 NBA draft. But first... COVID tightened its already strong grip on Minnesota in what was probably the toughest week so far in the pandemic. MNN's Bill Werner is here with an overview. Scott, the statistics tell the grim story. This week, Minnesota logged its highest ever number of deaths from COVID. Total death toll went over the 3,000 mark, larger than the population of some Minnesota cities. And hospitalizations, including ICU cases, reached the highest levels ever in Minnesota. It took us about seven months to reach 100,000 cases in Minnesota. It took seven weeks to reach 200,000, add the next 100,000. It will take us less than three weeks to reach 300,000. Said Governor Tim Walls, further complicating the situation, rising COVID cases among health care workers. We asked the governor about his current confidence level on whether hospital care will be available for every Minnesotan who needs it during the pandemic. It would be disingenuous to tell you I don't have concerns. Um, as I said, we are in uncharted waters um, in the pandemic. Top epidemiologist Dr. Michael Osterholm added, Healthcare workers, we've asked them to run three marathons today and then we ask them to run three marathons tomorrow and the next day. There is a limit to which we can expect them to go and I'm afraid we will exceed that if we don't take very seriously what the governor has stated what we must do. Governor Walls took several days this week getting Minnesotans ready for a major turning back of the COVID dials. He invited former State Representative Nick Zerwas, Republican from Elk River, to a news conference to tell about his experience with COVID. Zerwas, who has had 10 surgeries for an hereditary heart condition, says he's been sick before, but COVID... I became so overwhelmed and ill from this virus. It happened so quickly and it progressed so fast. It was clear the dial backs on private gatherings were in the governor's plan as Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan implored Minnesotans to limit their holiday gatherings due to danger of further spreading COVID. It is killing me that I will not be able to have Thanksgiving with my mom. And I know that so many of us are feeling that right now. But there are empty seats at the table that will never be filled again. So please do everything you can to keep your tables full next year. Governor Walls acknowledged strong pushback he was getting on plans to, as he put it, pause youth athletics. At the governor's news conference, Sarah Winston, mother of a 17-year-old student athlete who was in ICU for a week with heart and kidney failure. As sad as it is for my daughter that can't participate in um, athletics because of COVID, I, I really don't want that to be jeopardized for the rest of the kids out there. The governor responded he understands the strong desire to have kids play. If you really want to get back to youth sports where we can gather together, where kids can travel and play in tournaments, where they can go and eat afterwards at Dairy Queen after they play a, a Little League game, we have to beat the virus. And Wednesday evening in a statewide address, the governor turned back the dials. Many of you did what needed to be done, but it's here now. We are at a critical point, and it's time for us to do it again. 
The governor ordered bars and restaurants to close, except for takeout and delivery, for four weeks beginning Friday at midnight. Fitness facilities, entertainment venues, event spaces, similar establishments will also have to close for a month, and adult and youth sports will also be paused. In-person social gatherings with anyone outside the household prohibited. To invite a friend over or a brother-in-law like I normally do to watch the Vikings play the Bears is one of the riskiest things we can do right now. The governor said what's heartbreaking is that hospitalizations and deaths will continue going up for the next few weeks. But the bright spot of this is the moves we take now will start to bend that at just the time when the potential for a vaccine is coming. That's what's different, Minnesota, this time. Reaction to the governor's order, swift and vigorous. Student athletes have a lower incidence of COVID than the student bodies at large. We're disappointed that the governor is making a non-scientific, non-data-driven decision here. Ryan Wilson with the group Let Them Play MN says without the structure of sports for kids and the desire to not get COVID so they can continue to play. Kids are going to be left on their own device. They're going to be playing Xbox in basement with their friends. Um, or doing whatever activities, um, but it's going to be much more likely to transmit it. On the governor's restrictions on bars and restaurants, Republican Representative Dave Baker from Wilmer, who has a long history in the hospitality industry, says restaurants he talked to. Some are angry, some want to see lawsuits, but large majority are saying we kind of get it, we don't want to do this, but what we need to do then is we need to start finding ways to make sure we are there to support them when they reopen. State Senator Kent Eakin from Twin Valley, a Democrat like the governor, says there should be a regional approach for border communities. If we're closing down bars and restaurants and Moorhead and Dilworth and so on, but they're open across the border in Fargo, people are just going to go across the border. Republican Representative Jeremy Munson from Lake Crystal took direct issue with the governor's warnings about potential shortages of hospital care. The hospital beds have been at the same levels of capacity since July when the governor loosened restrictions. Um, The number of COVID patients has gone up, but the number of total patients has remained about the same. And we're nowhere near our capacity, and we haven't even implemented our surge capacity. The governor says it does no good to bring overflow hospital bed capacity online if there are not enough health care workers to staff because they're ill with COVID. You are going to end up with a situation where we have to ethically triage who gets care and who doesn't. You will have people in the hallways. Munson responded. We have a lot of nurses that are still furloughed in Minnesota. We have two large hospitals in the Twin Cities that are closing down, laying off workers. So I don't think that his justifications for this are sufficient. Top leaders say the hospital situation is approaching critical in Minnesota. Dr. Penny Wheeler with Alina. We're up here today because we are perilously close to not being able to even collectively, with all of our best efforts, um, take care of everybody that we need to take care of in this state. Dr. Cindy Firkin-Smith with Caris Health in Wilmer said CentraCare has 1,200 staff in rural Minnesota out with COVID or on quarantine or taking care of family members. They're sick of this virus. They're sick of it just like everybody else. And beyond that, they're exhausted. And we don't have anybody to replace them. There's no calling New York, there's no calling Texas, there's no calling the Twin Cities, there's no calling anywhere to get help. And Ferkins Smith had a message for Minnesotans. Don't call health workers heroes if you can't put a piece of cloth or paper over your face to protect them. Scott. Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this.
It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. If the U.S. Supreme Court rules to abolish the Affordable Care Act, around 300,000 Minnesotans could be affected. Tasha Radel has more. The Affordable Care Act is being challenged in the Supreme Court. Sue Abderholden, executive director of NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, says abolishing the ACA would be especially detrimental to those suffering mental illness. Yes, prior to the Affordable Care Act passing, um, a pretty high percentage, you know, over um, around 35% of health plans actually did not cover mental health treatment at all. Zero. So not just in a restricted way, but just zero. Um, individual policies and small group policies um, didn't have to cover it and also didn't have to follow mental health parity. So that left quite a few people, frankly, without coverage. So it seems to me the COVID-19 pandemic has really heightened the need for mental health services and more Minnesotans are actually going and seeking care. I'm so glad you pointed that out. Yes. Um, way more people, high, much higher percentage of people are struggling with their mental health during COVID-19, partly because of the uncertainty of what's happening, um, the isolation, kind of the high stress, but also they're finding that people who have developed COVID-19 are experiencing more serious mental illnesses as they seek to get better. So it's having a huge impact and to not have mental health treatment covered or frankly, for someone to then have a pre-existing condition and not get coverage for treatment in the future could be devastating to individuals and their families. And so not to put you on the spot, but do we have any idea how many people suffer from a mental health issue? It's about one in five people in their lifetime will develop a mental illness. So it's a you know, pretty substantial portion of the population um, and, you know, clearly we know that if it's left untreated, it can lead to all sorts of negative impacts on someone's life, um, you know, including difficult relationships, not being able to be employed, um, just not feeling great. And, of course, um, suicide is also an outcome of untreated mental illness. And, Sue, I think it's fair to say that we all know mental illness doesn't discriminate and that we're all susceptible. Are we seeing Minnesotans of all ages being impacted? We certainly are. Mental illness is an equal opportunity illness. <laughs> um, it does, again, it doesn't, doesn't care where, what your culture is, what your race is, where you live, your age. 
uh, your political party, it doesn't matter. And there's some conditions where it's more common. For example, somebody with diabetes is more likely to have depression. We've had many studies where men who have had heart surgery develop depression because our head is connected to the rest of our body. So if we think, oh, it couldn't happen to me, it can. I'm visiting with Sue Abderholden, Executive Director of NAMI Minnesota. Sue, we're about out of time today. Any final thoughts? Um, One of the things that the ACA did that I think is really important is it allowed states to expand Medicaid just on the basis of income, not just requiring a disability. And that was very important for the mental health community because, you know, mental illnesses, serious ones emerged between 18 and 26, which was also the highest age group that was uninsured. And and the problem was is that if someone, you know, at the age of 22 developed schizophrenia, perhaps couldn't be on their parents' insurance, um, you know, it wasn't offered, they would pretty much have to tell the Social Security Administration that they could never work again in order to get insurance to cover the treatment they needed to possibly work again. And so by allowing Medicaid to be accessed just because you don't have any money or very little money really helped lots of young people be able to get treatment and actually, you know, go back to school or work. And I think we just need to remember how important Medicaid expansion is. Thanks again to my guest, Sue Abderholden, Executive Director of NAMI Minnesota, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. For more information on mental health services, you can head to NAMIMN.org or by calling 651-645-2948. Again, that's NAMIMN.org online or by calling 651-645-2948. As for the Affordable Care Act ruling, the U.S. Supreme Court is expected to make a ruling by the spring of next year. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. As we head into Thanksgiving and the holiday season, COVID-19 is a huge concern but so is fire safety. Here's my conversation with Deputy Chief Fire Marshal Amanda Swenson detailing the ways Minnesotans can be prepared for what is usually the most wonderful time of the year. Maybe I'm wrong about this. You can correct me if I am, but if I remember correctly, Thanksgiving is typically the peak day of the year for home cooking fires. It is a peak day. Um, We do see a lot of fires throughout the whole holiday season, and so unfortunately um, it keeps our fire departments busy through the holidays. So in terms of what folks need to try to remember, do you have any tips for, for folks to try to prevent uh, home cooking fires this year for Thanksgiving? Absolutely. And so just thinking about the holidays and our holiday celebra- celebrations will look a little different this year, um, but fire prevention is certainly important. And so some of the big things to be thinking about during the holiday season is with all the cooking going on, Um, to really pay attention when you're cooking. Um, Cooking is the leading cause of fires in Minnesota, so stay in the kitchen anytime you're cooking. Um, When baking, make sure to set that timer and take the timer with you. So if you have a smartphone, very easy. Put it in the smartphone, take that with you so you don't forget about things in the oven. 
And, you know, it's such a, because we're usually so busy this time of year, especially when it comes to, you know, spending time in the kitchen, cooking and baking and things like that, um, it is it can be easy for us to forget that we need to stay there and watch it. Just if you don't mind, just elaborate a little bit on why it's so important not to leave a stove unattended. Absolutely. It takes very little time um, leaving something unattended on the stove that it can catch on fire, um, whether it's grease or whatnot in the pan um, starting on fire or things being too close to the burner and whether it's a kid, a pet, or things um, that knock things onto the burners and start fires. And so along with paying attention and staying in the kitchen, we also want to keep anything that could catch on fire three feet away and all those pets and kids three feet away from the stove as well. You know, in addition to the dangers of cooking at this time of year, it's also the time when a lot of us are decorating our homes. We might be using candles more than usual. Uh, any particular reminders or tips as we head towards the more of the Christmas season, uh, things that people need to be aware of? My favorite is using flameless candles. Um, that is going to be the safest method of using candles in the home. Um, I know there's the allure of the real flame. So if you do insist on using those real flame candles, um, again, make sure things that can catch fire are away from it. Anytime you leave the room, blow out, snuff the candle, make sure that it's extinguished. Never go to bed with a lit candle. Um, We certainly see fires um, from unattended candles as well. And um, what about, you know, I know we just had daylight savings time, but since we do have a a kind of an uptick in dangers for fires around the homes this time of year, uh, is it a decent time if you haven't done so already to check the carbon monoxide detectors and smoke alarms? Absolutely. So not only for your own safety, but for your guest safety, if you are able to bring some family members over for the holidays, test those smoke alarms, smoke and carbon monoxide alarms save lives, but only if they work. So make sure you have fresh batteries in there. They're less than 10 years old um, and that you've actually pressed that test button and make sure that they are working. Obviously, it's colder now and we've got some snow on the ground. I assume and I imagine and I know from my own experience, more of us are using space heaters this time of year. Uh, What do you want people to know about safety for space heaters? So for space heaters, again, that anything that heats keep things three feet away. And so give space heaters space and also don't leave them unattended. So if you are going to sleep, turn off that space heater. If you're going to be leaving a room, I recommend even turning off the space heater because again, things can fall over. Um, Hopefully not if we're following our three foot rule, but um, just making sure that you have that extra layer of safety of having them off when you're not around. Um, make sure they're plugged right into the wall. Um, they can overload a system. There's a lot of draw electrically for those space heaters, and so you don't ever want to use an extension cord power strip just directly into the outlet. All right, perfect. I think that's what I was looking for, unless there's anything else you wanted to add that might be of use for our listeners. I think the last thing to think about, um, again, if you are bringing a couple people over for the holidays, um, remind them how to exit the home and have your family's escape plan. So have those exits clear and ready and available in case an incident happens. 
um, as we start getting closer to decorating, getting trees up. I know some friends who already have trees up. Make sure they're out of the way of doors and any way that we might exit in case of an emergency. Great. Good reminders, good information. I really appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. Thank you. That's Deputy Chief Fire Marshal Amanda Swenson. Minnesota Matters returns after this. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with a mouthful, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Minnesota Timberwolves took star Georgia guard Anthony Edwards with the top overall pick in this week's NBA draft. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm breaks it down. Scott, in addition to nabbing the top pick in Edwards, the Wolves also drafted Argentinian swingman Leandro Balmaro and University of Washington forward Jaden McDaniels. They also traded for Ricky Rubio, who will return to the team that drafted him back in 2009. As for Edwards, the top pick, he was excited on Wednesday night. It's an indescribable feeling. I mean, I can't even describe it. Uh, my family is emotional. I feel like when I get off here, I'm going to get emotional, and I'm just blessed to be on measures to be in this situation. Edwards says he looks forward to having an impact alongside Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. I got two superstars on, alongside of me, so I'm not really going to feel too much pressure. But I'm, I'm going to do what I always do, bring what I bring to the table, and just impact the game other ways, like, they, they already can score the ball, so defensively I'm going to impact the game. Uh, again, being the guard, the best guard rebound on the team that I can possibly be, and just being locked in and doing whatever the coach need me, needs me to do, to be honest. Edwards says he can't wait to be on the same floor with Towns and Russell. I feel like I'm going to fit perfect with those guys because I know uh, Russell likes to play off the ball sometimes, and I can play on the ball when he wants to play on the ball. I can play off the ball. And Cat is the best uh, – three-point shooting big man in the league. So I feel like we can't go wrong with that. A lot of pick and pops, even pick and rolls. Edwards says he knows the Wolves' front office has a plan to move this team to a new level. I just know they, they like to compete. They love to compete. Uh, the first time that they met with me, they had everything mapped out. They had a game plan. They had everything for me. Like They was like, listen, we, we wanted to bring everything, wanted to be ready. And I know they love to compete. They love players who are going to come and compete. They love players who are going to leave it all on the court. And they just they, they want you to come in there and just be ready. So I feel like I'm one of those players, and, and I'm just ready to work. As for the man who leads the front office, President of Basketball Operations Gerson Rosas says they were thrilled to get Edwards with that top pick. It's our job. We have to evaluate all options. Uh, we have to go through this process as open-minded as possible. Our staff did an incredible job and really uh, did thorough research uh, on the draft pool, but he stood head and shoulders above any player uh, in this draft, and we were excited to be at number one to be able to select him. 
Rosas says Edwards has a huge upside and has potential to be an NBA star. We see a young man who should have been a senior in high school this year with incredible potential, incredible physical and athletic talent, uh, a player that translates uh, well to the NBA, especially when you consider a guy like D'Angelo and a guy like Carl Anthony Towns and putting him in between those two. We're excited. Rosas says they don't take stock in certain reports that Edwards lacks a passion for basketball. I love his grit. I love his toughness. I love that he has a, a chip on his shoulder. Does he have everything figured out right now? No. But the passion uh, you know, for being the best person he can be, the passion for the game, the passion for who he wants to become is something that we're excited about. And we have a unique opportunity having Carl and having D'Angelo here where he's not going to have to feel the pressure and the burden of being the number one guy. And that's going to allow us to make sure that we can develop him in the best way possible. Rosa says the team did a complete check with Edwards, including a great in-person meeting. Our staff did an unbelievable job of making sure that we didn't cut any corner. And we brought to life what being a Minnesota Timberwolf would be like for him. And it was something that really connected with him. Coach did an unbelievable job. We walked through X's and O's. We walked through scenarios. Uh, anything that we could to simulate uh, the reality of the decision we were going to make uh, is something that we do with a lot of passion. I think he, I know he appreciated it, he valued it, and it meant a lot to him. The Wolves also drafted former Golden Gophers star center Daniel Oturu at number 33, but that pick was part of an earlier trade with the New York Knicks that results in Oturu eventually landing with the Clippers in L.A. Gopher men's basketball head coach Richard Patino says having Oturu stay home and play at the U was important. You know, Daniel really chose Minnesota for all the reasons that we constantly try to sell but may not always be as simple um, as maybe they should be. And he valued playing for the name on the front of the jersey. He valued his family being at the games. Um, he valued that network, whether it's his high school coaches, AU coaches, he cared about that. Patino says Oturu was a great player for his program. He just got a great level of pride for Minnesota. That's why it's so very, very important uh, that we respect all that he's been able to do, whether it's help us go to an NCAA tournament his freshman year, become an All-American, because um, he's proud to be a Minnesotan. And the more that we embrace those guys and talk less about the other ones, uh, more and more are going to want to do that. Patino says it's nice to have a gopher player drafted for the first time in a long time, and that's also good for the program. It's been too long, right, Chris Humphreys? I'm, I'm not sure of the exact year, but, um, you know, that, that's a very, very long drought. The growth of the program, you know, like, like that's very, very important. I remember when I was at the University of Florida and I just got the job, and you always have kind of what you sell, right? Um, and in Florida, we sold – Joe Kim Noah, Al Horford, Corey Brewer, their draft picks more so than back-to-back -back national titles. And that may sound crazy, but it's reality. Patino says having Minnesota players do well is important. For our program to have back-to-back -back players out of the state of Minnesota um, go to the NBA, that just shows the growth of the program. And it wasn't like either one of them were these go wherever and you're going to be a pro and it doesn't matter. Uh, now, that's not to take away from their ability. They're both very, very good players. But, you know, I really feel like Amir choosing here, Daniel choosing here really benefited them. So that's huge for the growth of the program. You know, you want to win, you want to graduate players, but you also want to show that you can help them achieve their dreams. So we're really excited about it. 
The state of Minnesota had a big night on draft night. In addition to Oturu going, Hopkins product Zeke Nanji was taken at number 22 by Denver. Minneapolis native Tyrell Terry went to Dallas at number 31. And Apple Valley's Trey Jones was chosen by San Antonio at pick 40. This was the first time four Minnesotans were selected in the top two rounds. Scott, back to you. Thank you, Mike. That's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.